Hello and welcome back to another episode of Covered It, as brought to you by Quack Golf. Uh, it's a pleasure to be back running running the booth here. I am behind the steering wheel. I have no idea where I'm going. I'm going too fast. But I'm joined by a couple of passengers. Uh, it's good to be good to have the trio back together. Uh, Patrick, how are you doing? I'm good, Ben. How are you doing? It's good to see you, lads. Hey, Scott. Um, ben, I played golf on Saturday morning, a couple of groups in front of the son of the man who invented cat's eyes on the motorway. I thought we were going to do a whole piece on this, Shani, and you just literally <laughs> jumped to it in your intro. Um, which I he, thought was amazing. So He invented them. His dad apparently invented cat's eyes on the motorways, and he's a mega trezillionaire. Um, so yeah, but, got me thinking about inventions. Scott like, had a... Go for it. That was the most... Is it not just... That was the most spiralled introduction I've ever seen <laughs> on a podcast. Normally people go... Sorry. Hey, ben, yeah, no, I'm good, good, good to see you. Glad to be back in the booth. And then Ben, ben goes back and goes, okay, you know. Okay, well, was... while we're here, Scott, how are you? Yeah, no, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good, yeah. How are you, Ben? I'm good. <laughs> okay, Patrick, um, are cat's eyes mm. not just little lights on the road? Yeah, I know, but, like, it got me thinking about inventions and people that have invented stuff. And, Ben, do you know there's a fella that lives outside Belgooley who invented the triangular sandwich box? Hold on. I didn't know that, no. Hold on, hold on. A couple of points before we continue. Firstly, they're not lights on the road. They're just reflective, right? It's just re- it's just reflective. Yeah, they're just reflective, yeah. Yeah, it's your light. It's not a separate light. But box. I mean, like every invent, it's always the, the simplest ideas that are the best and, inventions. And then, and then, Shani, to your one there, the, the triangle box, sandwich triangle box. Yeah, look, I'm not, I don't really, I, I don't really have a fact check on this. Um and I wouldn't even know what to Google, but I'm fairly sure there's a man who lives outside Belgooli that he came up or he was the first man to come up with selling sandwiches in as triangles instead of squares. Would would you cut your sandwiches into a triangle now when you were when you're making yourself? No, one? I wouldn't. No, I'd go. I'd go straight down the down the middle. Yeah, yeah. What 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 makes a person a triangle? If cutter if I was to a square one, I suppose if I was putting it into a. A, a triangle box and putting it on a shelf then that definitely mm. makes sense i think i guess and, it depends how hungry you are because you get four triangles and compared to only two squares you know? i think it's a great idea and apparently he's a trezillionaire now as well so and i, um, I fair just, play to that there's just could be absolute bollocks but anyway there's, there's just one thing you know like victorian times and like early england and stuff and for some reason in my head i have a thing that like triangular sandwiches were not you know that that technique of cutting a sandwich was not no they didn't you think of it until Belgooli circa you know 19. What, you know what, Shani? I think we were better off without having Scott last week. So we can talk nonsense. <laughs> Absolute nonsense. I, yeah. First Hang on. For, for the ben, listeners, hold on, hold on. For the listeners, Belgooli, it doesn't, it sounds like the most made up place in the world. So Belgooli is a small little town outside Kinsale in Cork. And that's what he's referencing. You have to it, has, it has two pubs, though, and a shop. And it, a sandwich maker, man. And, and <laughs> yeah. a genius living amongst them uh, who made triangle sandwiches in the last 100 years. Although I'm going to I'm gonna go deep fact check on this one. For Hang the on, no, Ben, or Scott, you have a story topper there on, on me there as well. Isn't there another man in Kinsale who's invented something? Oh, oh, shout out to Harvey Tucker. Well, it's actually Harvey Tucker's dad, right, Ben? Well, Ben should know more about this than me. But... I don't think he invented it, but... No, he got the patent for the bendy straw in Europe, right? Something like that, yeah. That's the I story think that's, I've been told. I think that's even cooler. 
than the triangular sandwich, the bendy straw. Well, uh, like it makes a bit more sense. He just got the patent to bring the the bendy straw to Europe at the time, and like that would make sense. The inventing a specific way of cutting a sandwich and then <laughs> marketing it and Box. selling it in the last hundred years. Uh, well, how old is this man? He must be like. There's a lot of holes to this, but I do, I do love, <laughs> I do love that. I, I really hope that I'm wrong on this one. And you I just remember that. being told it once when I was younger, but, um, interesting. Um, bendy straws, I think they could be used more often. Like, you know, when you go to the cinema, you never get a bendy straw. You just get one of those straight ones. There's a, would, I imagine... you, would you agree with me there? Like, you know, yeah, well, that's, I... a real, that's a real interesting use case for when you don't get a bendy straw. It's, I never would have got there, but that's real. That's impressive, Shani. I would imagine it's harder to make a bendy straw now that they have to be paper because of the turtles. Yeah, dead right. Yeah, but he's made his money, so yeah, we'll have to get we'll get Harvey on for just a quick segment on straws. Yeah, get a fact check on that one. But yeah, there's an upper for you. What's been going on? Any any golf from the two of you, Shani? I'd like a handicap update. What's going on there now? Last time we talked about this, you were journeying to scratch. Uh, I am currently 1.9. Um, haven't really played much golf with the running, but mm. I actually played well at the weekend. I hit 14 and a half greens. Um, uh, but as in, like, I do you know don't if, know if that's allowed on the stat sheet. Like, if I'm putting, if I hit the fringe and I'm kind of putting from just off the fringe, I kind of count that. Do, do you then count the putt in your? Putts per round. Yeah, cause... is that a putter? Is that a chip, Jenny? Oh, you don't, don't get put because you get want that. Okay, but um, I actually played really well. Um, but I had a double thrown in there and three three putts, so that's why I shot six over instead of whatever. Shani, weren't you also playing behind Seamus Power only a few weeks ago? Oh, poor old Max. He, I'd say he probably thought he was going to get away with this, but uh, this was like two or three weeks ago now, um, and. Uh, Max came down to the first tee and said, I just met Seamus Power in the pro shop. And um, we were like, oh, wow, okay, yeah. Because in fairness to him, he had been spotted around Port Marnock recently. I think he'd been like yeah. down around there anyway. Um, anyway, we get out to the first, or we were out in the second tee box and the the group behind us, Max had told us was going to be Seamus Power. And then this guy, they had a buggy, uh, it was three lads, and the, they got up the first green and then Max was like, yeah, that's that's Seamus Power over there. And we were like, wow, I never would have thought that was Seamus Power. Do you know, I never, I just never would have thought it. He, just, he doesn't look like him. He doesn't look like him. And um, then we were like, kept watching him and we started to seeing him hit shots. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, it was 100% not Seamus Power. It was a guy that really looked like Seamus Power. But it definitely wasn't Seamus Power. But Max had basically almost introduced himself looking for an autograph. I just think um, if if you play golf and you watch golf and you can't recognize a pro inside a pro shop, that's... He yeah, actually, to be fair, Max still claims it's Seamus Power, but um, <laughs> no, um, in fairness, the, the pro um, the pro, pro Brendan Walton from Power and Link, Links actually had come out in the buggy to open up the, uh, open up the halfway house in the Links serious serious stuff there halfway house points of guinness everything you want um and i said to him here come here is seamus power here today and he said no he's fucking not so um it was confirmed just uh <clears throat> just while we're on the links uh it got a new name is reopened what's what's the story there 
the Jameson links. But it's the James. The flag is Jameson links Port Marnock Resort. Ah, uh, they're all over the place. The Jameson links at Port Marnock Resort. I I would fire the marketeers who came up with that. Yeah, it was, it'd be interesting to see how it goes. Um, I mean, the new holes is going to attract people who maybe they said they played it uh, before and now they have to go back yeah. and check out the new holes. So I'd say they'll get a mini boom anyway. Um, well, also, it's getting just, a lot more Americans. Yeah, it's, an, it's a tourist dream if you're American. Like mm. the whole, we got to play the James and Links. You know, like it's, yeah. it's, you know, I sure for, for me it's like the you know the ladies major the the Evian I don't really like the name of something that's like a company or like yeah it's corporate yeah yeah it's very corporate but it does like the Jameson links rolls off the tongue well enough it's a I yeah I'm not against that I actually think it's nice and yeah for the, for the last how many years have we been saying oh yeah no member in Port Marnock everyone oh the Port Marnock no no not not yeah. that the other one you know there there is also a link that John Jameson is buried in the graveyard on the first hole so it's not like they just we're bought oh, out yeah. by a, a brand. Oh, absolutely. Um, Actually, sorry, Ben. Also, on that day and that round, there was a really annoying one ball playing behind us. Like, really annoying. Um, he had played through a few groups kind of behind us, and we were kind of watching his progress, and we were like, What's this lad doing? And he doesn't expect to get through us. And he was kind of like, Really, you know, putting, you know, when someone in the group behind really starts putting pressure on you. And like, you know, yeah. walking up close. So eventually we're like, we're, we're going to have to let this lad through. Anyway, he played through. Sound enough, lad, or whatever. But it turns out it was, um, I immediately James got Power. very, <laughs> it wasn't James Power. I immediately got very jealous of him as he um, sped off in front of us because um, Bren told me it was, uh, that was actually um, Jamie Hudson, I think his name was, and he was actually out rating the course. And I think he works for Golf Monthly. Oh, um, cool. so his job is to just go play golf courses and write about it and whatever. And I was immediately, as he was playing off into the sunset ahead of us, I was thinking, wow, how did that man do that? It is cool until you realize you've got to play on a Saturday morning and and like on make your way own through four balls by yourself. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so um. Yeah, and explain to each four ball as you get there, so people don't think you're just an absolute bozo who goes yeah. out like members' he day. He didn't do much explaining, I'll tell you that. Oh, really? No. Oh, sorry. Brent, Brent told you his what he was doing out there, was it? He just told me his name. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. It, any rumor on how much the name Jameson is going to tack onto your membership next year? Five percent. Is that is that what they've said? Hmm. That's not so bad. Surprising. I mean, a golf course that you can play three, six, five days of the year in shorts and flip flops almost. Hi, Patrick Shannon, head of marketing. <laughs> um, do you know? So anyway, Scott, could you talk me through the picture behind you? Um, yeah, I'm actually. So the two ladies on the left, I don't know. Um, the lady on the right, I also don't know. But that handsome chap is none other than Luke List. Uh, PGA oh, Tour winner. winner. Yeah, PGA Tour winner last night in the playoff. Uh, hold a massive birdie putt to win it. Um, yeah, so I, when I looked up for a Luke List picture, that came up and I was like, well, there's an absolute dinger. So, <laughs> yeah, it's Luke List. It's from an article on Golf Digest. For anyone we, were, we were just one good Ludwig putt away from getting a Ludwig Matt Fitz double this weekend. That would have been incredible. Unbelievable. 
Ben Griffin was in the playoffs as well in the PGA Tour. He, he was. He, that'll make some good content. He kind of, uh, he well, he kind of fell apart, kind of tanked. Did he? Well, he yeah. was leading by a good bit. Like when I turned on at one stage, Ludovic was five back um, from Ben Griffin. And then I think they all kind of bunched up. Uh, I didn't, I didn't step to watch it now. We'll admit, but, um, but sorry, are we no, going to, are we going to talk about what Matt Fitz's win? Uh, whatever about the actual win? Yeah. Like state of some of the golf courses. Oh, I just, days. I just heard uh, on the 6 1 news there that Matt Fitz won a golf tournament with his mother. What's going on? I've, I haven't watched <laughs> any golf this year. The, or this what, week, what's that? What the, explain that to me. So, do you understand the premise behind the Dunhill? The Dunhill. It's kind of like a pro am, isn't it? Yeah, so it's like it's kind of like the Pebble Beach, um, you know, the Pebble Beach pro am where it's like Aaron Rodgers, Larry Fitz, and they always show like the um, famous sports stars are playing it, but then you've like Gareth Bale plays in it, and I think Gareth Bale played in this one as well, Ben, did he? Yeah, th- this year I'd say they were str- they're starting to struggle for celebs. It was like did Gareth Bale. Matt Fitz's, mom. <laughs> Matt Fitz's mom, Matt Fitz's dad, Bill Murray, uh, Piers Morgan, Bill Murray, and then a lot of what what I wanted, what I was trying to find out because I was up there was like, what where's the line of being invited to play for free, or you have to pay the fifteen or twenty thousand to play? Because because mm. there's lots of very rich CEOs and businessmen. I was looking up lots of names as they came out, and like. How much of a celebrity do you need to be to get like a free invite? Like Catherine Zeta Jones is there; she's pretty big. Oh, like, that's right. Shout outs. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I guess Piers Morgan is big enough because he's got a good following. Yeah. But like, you'd be a bit annoyed if you were a bit of a C-list celebrity, and you they're like, yeah, you got to give us the fifteen grand. But like, what if you're Brittany Horschel? Like Billy played with his wife. Yeah. Like no. first, shout out to Billy for playing like with his wife the whole way through, and like as in. Sure, I thought he wanted to play with a celebrity or someone cool. I mean, a lot of people want to play with Billy, but playing with his wife's kind of cool. But like, does she? Yeah. Sorry, I doubt if... it. No. Before we move I... off, Catherine Zeta Jones is she? Is she? She was two under. Is well, she like a scratch no, no. golfer? Their team. It, it's a, it's, it's a, a team score. It's a better ball. So sorry, just get, to go back to how the downhill works. It's uh, the amateur or the professionals play their own ball. The amateurs play a better ball along with the professional score. So if you have a handicap and you've got a shot on a hole and you make a par, it's a net birdie. So the the Fitzpatrick's were thirty five under par, while Matt Fitz was nineteen under par. So you just combine your best score in each hole, and yeah, it was complete shit show, a bit of a washout. And they played Thursday, Friday, and then it rained for about forty eight hours straight. All the courses. Uh, like the the banks burst of the Swilkin Bridge. Did wow. you see the fella who was who was paddling down the Swilkin Burn on his surfboard? Yeah, wild. <laughs> no, like, I missed all, all sorts. Um, and then I saw Tom McKibben's dad was sending out a few tweets. So basically, the one course the issue was 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 Carnoustie. That one was really badly flooded. Um. So they released a statement last night saying play will start at nine thirty on. The old course in St Andrews and Kings Barnes, and then play will start as a shotgun start at eleven thirty in Carnoustie to give it a bit more chance to dry out. But they said there will be an inspection at seven thirty in the morning, and if play, if it's deemed that Carnoustie won't be dry enough, the whole thing will be called off and there won't be anything. Um, okay. And I think if this tournament had been played earlier in the year, they would have just pulled it on like Friday evening. But because it's we're into the last five events and there's a lot of players playing trying to keep their cards. A lot of points up for grabs, a lot of different ramifications. They felt like they had to get a finish. Mm. And 
And to be honest, Carnoustie didn't look like it was playable from some of the pictures. There was mm, like there was fairways the completely flooded. The one in particular that that Tom McKibben's dad tweeted saying all three players landed in the middle of the water. They took relief the nearest point, which is then in the rough. And you're like, that's uh, really right. ideal. Yeah. yeah. So you were up there, Ben, were you? Um, up in... Yeah, I was up there Tuesday, Wednesday, and watched the first day on Thursday and then came down. Um, it was good. It was just, yeah, I was wet. I was it, I was cold on Thursday <laughs> walking around watching golf. It wasn't really enjoyable, to be honest. Was it um, strange? Uh, actually, I'm just looking at the field here. I see. Is there no? I assume there's no cut because I can see like 129 players finished, but I can see about 50 people withdrew. So there normally is a cut. It's so you, you play each course once, and then there's a cut, and then the top 60 players play the final round. But because of the rain delays and all that, there was oh, no okay. cut, and then half the like I think like 50 players pulled out because they were just going home. It's been an absolute shit show. Players have to obviously the next event is in Madrid this week. So, like, players aren't going to arrive in Madrid until, what day is tomorrow? Tuesday evening. Yeah. So, they'll get one day to play on the course, and there'll probably be a program on. So, they won't get much time on the course and stuff. So, it's there's a, a kind of some knock-on effects from it. But Fair enough. Yeah, it would seem like a bit of a shit show, but they got it done in the end. It's tough if you're, like, struggling for your tour card, like, just struggling for form the last couple of events of the year, trying to find anything. And then if you go up to Scotland, then it just absolutely leaks from the heavens yeah. and like oh playing golf in that like no amateurs like doing that let alone a pro where you're like trying yeah. to fighting for your living and then at least you get to go to madrid now to be fair but such different golf conditions where you're you're just getting the low ball fine up in scotland and you go and play in madrid in the sun yeah that's that's the issue with like uh having Ryder cups in the uk and ireland in this time of year mm. like, it could be a washout in the air again like it, it, it actually was a washout in the k club in 2006 so. yeah yeah. Adair has such good drainage, I think it'll get away with it, but it, it will okay. just kind of ruin it if we don't have a nice one. Like it's mm. it's not the same. But I will say, uh watching the golf on the Thursday, <clears throat> um the relic I, I'm now very invested because a couple of my guys are in and around keeping their cards. And like the relegation battle, which we'll call it for your DP World Tour card, is actually very exciting. Ooh. Um in terms of like I was watching today and one of my guys, he shot 600 today at a good round and got some DP tour ranking points. And like, you're no longer just trying, you're no longer just playing to try and win a tournament, but you're basically trying to beat the guys around you who are on that list. Yeah. So he, he started 129 and now he's up to 120 and it guys around him that finished underneath him. He jumped above them and it might only be by one or two ranking points. And the end of the year, you kind of need to have about 400 points to keep your card. But at, at this stage, every point counts. And it's actually, if if you are have a vested interest in a player that's down that end of the table, it makes the whole thing really interesting because that kind of make or break their season or make or break next season. Who's um, who's close to, who's 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 in the relegation battle? Well, I was going to, uh, someone asked us, asked me, um, I remember we talked previously about like the categories that you get and yeah. how so I was gonna run through basically the categories and give you some examples. Um so category ten is what you is the card you get if you finish between one and one seventeen on the DP World Tour. Mm. So that's that's pretty you get into almost every event with that category. You might not get into some of them, but you'll pretty you're guaranteed to get into pretty much all of them. So then if you fall out of that, um 
underneath it is category 14 which is the challenge tour which is what our call for robin would be on mm-hmm. again that gets you into the majority of events but if you're at the bottom of it's the top 20 players in the challenge tour if you're 18 19 20 you might not get into the likes of the bmw you'll get into everything else underneath that, that would john murphy be in that category no so john murphy's in category 17 which is q school oh and there's one above that category 16 which is the top player from each uh each order of merit from like south africa australia korea china india japan okay. so just but i was just thinking so there's a german guy alex canape okay he's he's 115 he's category 16 because he was top 20 in the challenge tour he there's a chance he falls out if he doesn't play well but he's going to go from having a challenge tour card which is quite good or challenge tour category he'll fall all the way below q school next year so if you do get relegated, it's not like you're just going down one category. You could be dropping down. If you're dropping down below all the challenger players who come up from last year, as well as the Q School players. And like John Murphy wouldn't have been in all the events this year. Yeah. Because Q School isn't that high up. It's just it's kinda of harsh if you oh. so say Well, it's even worse. Like, it's even worse when you like I know I know you're probably gonna go through some of the people who are there, but like I'm looking at here and like Alexander Nape or Knappe, whatever way you said, is 115th of that 117. 116 is Thomas Peters. So like oh, wow. And then also down to 121 is Laurie Cantor. He's another yeah, player. Like here. two lads get the boot. As much as I like watching Thomas Peters slap a golf ball. But like there's some of them in here. Now I know there's also ones where like when you start scrolling up, there's like, you know, Sun J M. Is he now he's outside yeah. still, but like there's always those ones too. But like it's didn't Thomas Peters go to live? That's what I mean. Yeah. That's my oh point. right, okay. So he, he he basically just that's he's why, earned oh, a, he's still there. That was my point. He, yeah. He's just earned enough points through playing in the majors yeah, and okay, yeah, maybe yeah. playing at some at the start of the year. But I you're literally yeah, I just, like a putt a putt away from either, you know, on a flight to another event or going back to work in your local pro shop. Yeah. Yeah. I just it's it's a good system obviously but I think it can be really harsh if that for example if that guy Alex falls out it's not like next year he's going to have those opportunities because say he falls out of form and then he, he's probably signed up for Q school just in case most players will have but if he goes to Q school and plays really badly and doesn't get his card there mm. you're, you're pretty much back to the challenge door and you've got to come back up where it just yeah it, I'd say it can really get away from you and it can start to get stressful Um, and then Ben on the other end of the scale, you've got 10 lads that are likely to, to get promoted to the main tour, the PGA tour. Yeah. Um, which is hard to see it other, any other way other than promotion, like getting promoted to a bigger tour. Yeah. But Ryan Fox, Adrian Moronk, Minwoo Lee, Victor Perez, Alexander Bjork, Big Bob McIntyre, Yo- Joost Loughton, be sad to see him go, Yannick Yost. Paul, <laughs> Thor Bjorn Olesen, are all going to get their PGA Tour cards next year, potentially. But can you help me with this fella? Rio Hisas, Hisatsun. Rio yeah, Hisatsun? Yeah, yeah. Hisatsun. Yeah. Uh, don't Open. pretend like you know who that fella is. He yeah. won the French Jenny, Open like Jenny, two weeks ago. we watch ago. golf. Yeah, we watch golf. You don't. He's Japanese. He won the French Open two weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. He's a baller. Oh, okay. Interesting. <laughs> what Where I know... It? I I'd actually don't know enough about the PGA Tour categories, but I imagine so. Yost, Yost is at the bottom of that list or close to it. He won't have as much 
option to get into higher events like say Ryan Fox or Min Bu Lee will be in. I just wonder will then you get the situation what happened to Moronk about making the Ryder Cup where used is kind of going to fall in between. Do I try and go play all these smaller John Deere events in mm. America or do I just stay in the European Tour and make some good money and play well? It's, like, it's like Loughton like to me screams like a guy who's just been playing DP World. He's yeah. he he makes the cut every week. He's happy out like one I, a year. He might just say no to it. No, it's it's like the Thomas Dietrich one. Sure, Thomas Dietrich's been playing in, yeah. in America for the last couple of years. Like he had, he doesn't have a full PGA Tour card. Um, and like you, you always see randomly, there's some like Europeans who are on that exemption into the PGA Tour who play in like the Barracuda or play in like yeah. certain events every year. Yeah. I wonder, is it just a ticket into the final stage, Corn Ferry Q School or something like that? Oh, maybe yeah. isn't isn't that how Aaron Rye got his card? Didn't he? Shani, give him a text there and see. <laughs> Get him on pod. Um, but yeah, it's interesting, Ben. In fairness, I'll be uh, glued now. For I do love, I do love a good relegation battle in in the football. I love the last couple of weeks of the Premier League, yeah. seeing who could go up and down. So same kind of thing in golf. Although, just can, can you? But it kind of annoys me when you look at some of the fucking people who are on this list that shouldn't be there, but. Yeah, can you believe even another international break? Oh, sickening, isn't it? There's how does that no, come around? There's absolutely just, nothing worse than an international break. Just but, scrap the. Do you know the best? The thing is that there's no one. Has anyone ever turned around and gone? Have you ever heard anyone go? Do you know what I love? The international break. <laughs> no one. No one has ever said that ever. So like, I, I can't I, wait for a little international friendly against Sweden. That'd be great. Oh yeah, I can't wait to watch Ireland draw nil all against Albania. In like, fairness, though, if the boys in green were a force again, you'd love it. Like, there's nothing like the boys in green. No, marching to a World Cup. Yeah. Shani, do, do you like? Do you that's why. Like a, do you feel like a bit of a plastic fan the last couple of weeks, given you don't like the Irish rugby team? I, I never said I don't like the Irish rugby team and don't put those words in my mouth. I'm just saying that, you know, they write songs about when the Irish football team go to the World Cup. Like, Jockster never went to Paris or Stade de France. You know what I mean? So <laughs> You said um, the other day we were I just watching think that, that you, you I just think that it's... There's, I didn't say that. <laughs> yes, I, you did. I, I just feel like, especially... So, if I start with the Rugby World Cup in general, the group stages... Up until the quarterfinals, it's kind of, you know, other yeah. than the South Africa match, there was a few other kind of t- tasty matches. There's been nothing much other than that. I think it'll only really get going now, whereas the the Football World Cup gets going right from the off. And That's all I said. Is, that's not what you said. But the, did, is it because that deep down some of the players wear blue jersey sometimes instead of the green one? Is that why you don't like the Irish rugby team? A little bit, like, a little bit. <laughs> Shani, yeah, Shani, we were just we were watching the match, and there was a whole thing where I was like, they're asking who's nervous, and I, I stupidly, I, you know, I just thought Scotland might, I thought Scotland were going to show up, and I was there being like, God, if we lose this, but we're watching it, and then Shani was there next to me, being like, do you know what? I'd already cared if we lose this, to be honest, it doesn't really bother me. Then I went on a rant about the football World Cup, which was fair, following Ireland around football World Cup, be unbelievable. Um, but then he also went on a monologue of uh, Leinster, Munster, and it went back to the roots of Irish rugby and why he didn't like it. So I just wanted to see if he felt like a, a plastic fan following the Irish rugby team who've been unbelievable the last couple of weeks. But um, has uh, Do you remember watching the last Rugby World Cup? Yeah, kind of. I, I remember very clearly I was working in Oracle and I was watching a lot of rugby at my desk. 
<laughs> but I, I just felt like there was a match on. There were three matches on every day, and this World Cup is, feels like the slowest rugby World Cup ever. I I will yeah. say it is the worst. It's the worst World Cup of like any sport that I've like followed yeah. so far. Like yeah. There's just too many dead road rubbers. The ranking system's absolute garbage. Yeah. Like, I mean, they've, they've put like they put a few. They put like New Zealand, Namibia on a Friday night, like yeah, the only game. Know. You know, come on, like. Um, but well, I think of... I think it's also I think it's also sorry, just because I was also talking about this with someone and work about it, where it was like Ireland, Namibia, or Namibia, Scotland, um, South Africa, Namibia. I'm absolutely lacing into Namibia here, but there's other examples <laughs> where. Of like of teams just getting Romania. There we go. Go on Romania. They got battered as well by most people. Of like in rugby, you just know that they're gonna get hammered by South Africa, Ireland, France thing. Whereas in football, there is a chance that unless it's San Marino, they're not gonna qualify. Yeah, we can like, park the bus. Yeah. Do you know, like there's a chance of like a team scoring on the breakaway after yeah. you know, defending for 89 minutes the whole time. Whereas it's like in rugby, some of them were just such dull rugby games. It was like yeah. if it wasn't Ireland. You weren't gonna like you weren't gonna watch South Africa play Romania. Or you weren't gonna watch, you know, like as you said, you know, maybe yeah. Go for it. Last rugby point. Um, I would so the top two teams go through each group, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would like the next two teams to go into like a shields division. Yeah, like then who cares? They, yeah. They've yeah. all Portugal. taken their time off. Yeah, yeah. Like Portugal, Japan, Portugal, Uruguay. That would get me. They've going. all taken their time off work. They're all part-time builders. They've taken their time off yeah. for the full full stretch, just in case. Send them into like a shield playoff. Someone yeah. someone put this on Twitter, um, about how it would grow the game. Doing that idea, putting it into a plate, everyone that was left, and yeah. then. Someone tweeted being like, yeah, but the standard would drop so much. And then the best reply, which I like really resonated with was no one would care, especially in rugby, if the standard was crap, as long as it was competitive. As long as, if there's both mm. teams in it and they're both making mistakes, you're kind of like, well, who's going to who's going to make less mistakes? Yeah. Make mistakes? Yeah. You know, who's going to last it out? Whereas also, I- could you put um, like Italy's place in the Six Nation on the line? Oh, promotion, you know, relegation. Get Portugal in there. Imagine we were going to Lisbon for uh, for Six Nations oh. trips. So you know? they rolled they rolled Fiji. I mean, like, yeah, get Italy where I've been abysmal. Mm. But you know, sorry, say, um... you know what I say, Shani? Boot the Scots. Boot the Scots. <laughs> They're a disgrace. Finn Russell, what a what a show pony. Sick of it. Listen, getting back to business here, right? Oh, sorry, uh, ben, yeah, we are a golf ben, You mentioned uh, working at the desk, right? Can I give you some good news for Quack Golf and your golf brand that's supposed to be making money? Um. Excuse you. <laughs> so you do, you know first. Um, do you know there's been a, a huge boom in um, working from home, obviously, since COVID. Um, and that has correlated to a huge boom in golf. So Tim Harford, um, the undercover economist in the Financial Times, wrote uh, an article basically saying that researchers at Stanford University university have discovered that working from home has powered a huge boom in golf the um boom is most visible midweek and mid-afternoon for example golfing on wednesdays rose nearly 150 percent between 22 and 2019 while golfing at while golfing at 4 p.m on wednesday afternoons very specific <laughs> is up more than 275 percent um, so there you go. Yeah, you should be um, you should be marketing high on Wednesdays, lads out playing golf. 
when they're when they're not looking at their phone, is it? <laughs> when they're actually playing the sport, is that, is that how the head of marketing and the get them marketing... on when get them on Wednesday morning? I reckon. No, Wednesday surely morning. I'd say or Tuesday evening when they're all that you know pre you yeah. know that night before. Can't wait to play tomorrow. Click click. Yeah. Or else they've just been dragged out because Shani won't stop texting me like, come on, you'll play nine. You'll play seven. Come on, we'll play seven. We'll get Brandon turn. Come on, I'd just like to shout out my mother for providing me that article and also underlining in blue pen the bits that I should read out. Go on, Nora. <laughs> so thanks, mom. Maybe maybe myself and mom can play in the Dunhill Links next year. Yeah, is there must be Which, uh, there must be a, the a, a mother <laughs> there must be a mother son golf competition in Ireland somewhere. There's, a couple of There's no sons. father and sons anyway. Yeah, I have to qualify for my father and son team. Don't get it at by out, out yeah, yeah, because you have another brother. Yes, <laughs> or or just yeah, fair. <laughs> um, another couple of things from this week. Well, one thing I definitely want to talk about is um. I assume the TGL stands for Tigers Golf League, does it? Top Golf League. I think it, I think it might just be the Golf League. Or yeah, the. Golf what do we think of that? Like, so basically, Tiger, Shane Lowry, and the boys are going to rock into a stadium and what do like a load yeah. of keepy uppies or something? What are they going to do? Load no. of trick shots into a washing machine? <laughs> no, I think they're going to actually play simulator golf. Ah, come on. Like, are you going to go to the three arena and watch Tiger f- play on a simulator? Jenny, I'm not going to sit here for the next half an hour and list <laughs> the absolute ridiculous golf things that you've done over the last three years to do with golf. So don't give out to people who are going to go and watch Tiger Woods do something in an arena. Okay, look, for the people that don't know, um, Tiger is starting a tour. I'm going to call it a, a tour where he's going to bring a load of professional golfers around to stadiums Ooh. and do exhibitions of golf on a simulator. Just, you're you're looking know. at us, Shani, like you haven't researched this at all. I actually haven't, to be honest. I've seen a few tweets. I've seen but, that Tiger Woods like... there starting the tour. He's starting <laughs> a tour with new players in the arena. <laughs> do you play golf, do you? Where's he from, Monaghan? Um, what do we think? What do we think? What do we think? I I think it came out as uh the tour's answer to live, as in a new product for ESPN to sell and show. Um, I don't think I'm gonna watch it. I didn't watch the whatever the the event was on this weekend in America, because I was way too into watching David Beckham's documentary, which is great. Which is excellent. Oh, don't start Shani on that. He gave me a whole lecture about it on Saturday. <laughs> Um, you know what? I, I sorry. I saw the funniest uh, TikTok, and it's like it's like all men who watch the David Beckham uh, documentary, and they're like, "Ah, oh, Jesus, there's Roberto Carlos. Ah, <laughs> oh, Jesus, Jesus, remember Ronaldo? Ah, oh, Michelle Salgado, he was some right back. I <laughs> know, Ben. They had some team, and they won nothing. Thanks. They won absolutely nothing. That that Madrid team and that Manchester United team was stacked. Yeah. Like oh, anyway. Um, Sorry, just, no, just, just on that on that exact TikTok, I'm trying to find the message from Shani while he was watching. I'm thinking, being like, "Lads, Figo has some jaw on him." <laughs> <laughs> and neither neither you nor me responded to his text. <laughs> I will say, there's also a documentary on Figo and his move from Barcelona to Madrid, which is yeah, excellent. it's very good. I've seen it. Yeah, it's very good. So, 
Sorry, I think, right, I, think, I think we're dampening on Chinese um the golf league. Uh, well, I, yeah, I would say it's it's Rory and Tiger's. Yeah, brain, it's Rory, Rory's right? one of the main people behind it, right? And it, it would all came out in around the time where live was happening, um, and it was basically their answer to to be the cool mom, and kind of mm, follow. Well, along with that. this is their Twitter bio says, um. TGL is a high-tech golf league featuring six teams made of the top PGA Tour players teeing off January 2024. So I don't really, like I don't know. All I, I just, heard is I that don't they know. go to stadiums and do stuff. Yeah, I just some... it... Sorry, I was just going to say there's some like blockbuster names of like Tiger, yeah. obviously John Ram, JT, Ricky, Colin, Big Matt Fitz, Justin Rose, uh, Xander Cork, Shoffley, Cork's own Tom Kim. Cork's own Tom Kim, Max Homa, Adam Scott, Billy Horschel, Shane Larry, Tommy Fleetwood, Tyrrell Hatton. I mean, is John I just Ram don't see John Ram's not, is he? He is, he yes. Is. is he? Yeah. Wow. I, I just don't see in what world a player is going to finish playing a tournament on a Sunday and they're like, oh yeah, let me let me go to this stadium to hit golf balls. Like, I think it'll last one year and they'll be like, no, actually the PGA Tour is good enough. I think I'll slate it and I'll be the first person to buy a ticket if it ever came to Ireland. You absolutely will. Imagine, imagine arena, t- you'd be there at like four <laughs> hours before it started just to see. You'd be that person who goes, I guarantee you, Maureen, if we go early, we'll be floating <laughs> around. I, imagine stage. Tiger in Croke Park. You were just knocking oh. this 45 seconds ago <laughs> and now you're front of queue. Yeah, well, look, we'll see. We'll see. Oh, sorry. Actually, I, um, I wasn't on the last podcast, so I didn't get to put on one thing about oh yeah post Ryder Cup not going to give my Ryder Cup thoughts let's hear your thoughts yeah but no because look it was all covered that's all fine I don't want to go back into that it's just because I'm scrolling down through the names here and I never thought I would say it I did there was a twinge of love for Justin Rose uh, during the post yes. kind of like fair play to him a lot of bottle and then the Alfred Dunhill um, Bob Max interview where he talks about uh playing with Justin Rose and Justin Rose trusted him even though he couldn't put and all that stuff really got that me going I'm not it gave me a bit of goosebumps yeah. while I was listening to someone talk about that like it was real they're just I just saw his name there I wanted to give a shout out for we all know Justin Rose listens to our podcast so hashtag Team Rose hashtag Mr. Corporate I'm going to hate him for the rest the next three and whatever years are left to the next Ryder Cup when he probably won't be picked but a bit of respect I, I yeah, yeah earned it myself um just while we're on the Ryder Cup, this this podcast has been chaotic. We're going all sorts of places, but Wild. um, I wrote down Jamie Weir. I wrote down his name. He obviously was the journalist who broke the story about Cantley and his hat. He went on a bit of a Twitter hiatus for about five or six days, didn't say anything, mm. um, and then he just kind of slid back in with a, a Tottenham Hotspur tweet, like as if nothing had happened. Yeah, and then a load of Irish rugby tweets, and he just smothered yeah. it with Irish rugby tweets. Yeah, yeah. He... and uh, Max Homer was slating him on the No Laying Up podcast as well. And so, is a pal, do... pal of yours, No Ben? Did you have a little a little chat with him? Me, me and Jamie have chatted before. Yeah, you've chatted so before. I... Yeah, yeah, there was a bit of a bit of a mutual appreciation between two um, rising stars in the world of golf <laughs> journalism. I do. Like I actually do like quite like his golf stuff, and I didn't think he was that out of line. Um, but his God, his Spurs takes are just they're tough as an Arsenal fan. But um, he's a good journalist. There was an, he only speaks the truth. Yeah. Come there on, was an article that came out on by the Fire Pit Collective, um, labeled "The Truth About Hatgate." Finally, comes out by Michael Michael Bamberger, some name. Okay. 
Um, and basically, and I imagine this is who Jamie Weir's sources. Um, so Steve Sands, the veteran NBC sports reporter and interviewer, saw Cantley walking to the first tee on that Friday morning and said to him, no hat, question mark. Cantley turned and said, I'll wear a hat when I'm paid to, when I'm paid to be here like he is. Cantley said he motioned direct the direction of Julius Mason, a longtime PGA of America public relations executive standing in the vicinity. So I'll be waiting for all these apologies from all the podcasts who called <laughs> Jamie Weir out as, I don't know, whatever, some uh, journalist making up stuff because clearly there oh, seems there to be so some much credibility. truth to it. Yeah, there was loads yeah. of truth to it. Should listen to Xander Chauvelet's dad talk about it. He basically yeah. just admitted it. God, I can't so it seems... stand Patrick Cantley. Yeah, I know. <laughs> It seems I know. like yeah. hmm. the, the opinion, people who had a strong opinion on Jamie Weir have kind of turned it from being about the hats to actually being about the, far, the, the fact that he said the dressing room was fractured, which yeah. d- doesn't quite, isn't quite the same thing, but that's that was just kind of the what start of, That was just the start yeah. of the tweet that actually was true. And then Xander Shoffley's dad came out and told us that basically there was a chance that Xander wasn't going to be on the team because Xander and Cantley were the players who didn't want to have give Netflix access to the team room. And I basically, yeah, Stefan's yeah. show Flay has basically come out and pretty much confirmed that there was issues there. And so, yeah, that's basically clearing all that up. Um, Yeah, to be fair to, to be fair to Jamie, like there was, you know, the whole smoke without fire, like there was. Yeah, you know, absolutely. So yeah, um, shout out Jamie Weir, great journalist, top football fan. We we'll get on the pod. Here we we'll get on. The pod. Speaking of other journalists, um, another golf journalist that's been making oh shows this week Shipnook. is Shipnook. So actually, I'll start with he. So Alan Shipnook tweeted about Port Marnock Lynx's new, uh, Jameson Lynx. Um, transformation. So I thought that was interesting that he um Money he talks. would have seen about that. But um yeah, so this ship nook lad, right? He, like he just seems like a lad who goes around the professional golf scene, like listening out for stories. And if if he overhears some something, he'll just put it in a book and sell it. Um you know, like whispers from the locker room and stuff. Has he not kind of like ruined his professional reputation now in terms of like no one's ever going to speak to him? And he's like, is this, is he just like hiding behind bins, like listening out for conversations? And because all of the, the tweets and excerpts I saw from his book were like, oh, um, overheard uh, this professional player talk crap about this professional player. And then Justin it's Thomas a, a came out of... and tweeted, yeah, it's a lot of hearsay it... bullshit. Well, I think it's a lot of unnamed sources. Yeah. Like Sergio, for example, saying that about Rory and saying, don't, you can't quote me. But, mm. Which works for a certain amount of stuff, but eventually you need to start naming sources like Jamie Weir, for example. You can't just start saying stories and if if the shit doesn't stick, like you just mm. forget about it. So yeah. he, he wrote, the, he wrote the, the book about Phil as well, right? Yeah, so, yeah. He, so Alan Shipnock wrote the book about Phil where he exposed all of Phil's I don't know Gambling secrets problems. or whatever yeah and so what he has a new one now where he just just goes in on everyone else is that right no no the book is called live and let die 
Oh, I just gained a tiny little bit of respect back for for Adam Schiff over there. <laughs> and it's it's all it's about the PGA merger, and I, I, okay. I'll probably I will probably buy the book. I think it'll be interesting. It's really it's about the last th- two years in golf, like and yeah. all the shit that's gone down. Worth okay, I, yeah. I, I think it's it's also made me realize something that I probably never actually realized up to this point, and I probably should have seen it before, is that I do also love that you bring topics to this podcast, Shani, without just the topic title, without doing any background <laughs> into the actual story. <laughs> it's, just, it's, just, it's just, what, is he releasing some book? We're just slating everyone. No, no, it's, it's a book about living. Anyway, let's, anyway, it's fine. I'm not used to this journalistic podcast. Um, Fair. Sure. While we're all over, all over the place, I, I've I had this note written down for the last three podcasts, and I actually wanted to say it at the start of this podcast, um, while people were listening, but I feel like we're going to have lost a lot of people. So maybe <laughs> I'll edit it into the front. But anyway, next, this is what this is what I want to do. The next quack event, and I would like some listeners to get in touch if they're interested in in playing in this. But next, uh, probably April May. On the back of watching the Salheim, the Ryder Cup, and how good team golf is, I would like to hold a two-day um, quack, covered it style Ryder Cup match with our listeners. So three, the four of, three of us here, and Will, and Nick, if he's back, get a couple of team captains, see who's interested. We'll do uh, foursomes in the morning on Saturday, four balls in the afternoon, and then we'll play 12 singles in the on the Sunday We'll scramble. Do it. So maybe a scramble. Um, but and we're, um, so we're gonna we're gonna line it up with the launch of new products. So we're gonna have uniforms for everyone. We'll we'll have the looks, all that sort of stuff. It's gonna be aligned with us releasing new apparel. We can do it at lots of marketing. So um, if anyone is interested in playing in that, Charlie Foley, I'm sure he would get get on up and get in the DMs. The covered um, community will unite. I really thought. What that should we that... call it? Yeah, just covered I was trying community to try... shield. I was trying. Yeah, the covered community shield. Nice, Love covered it. community shield. Um, I really thought that was going to be us. The amount of times that we finish a podcast, we go, we forgot to do this. Mentioned <laughs> that. I thought it was going to be a check in on the fantasy Premier League. But I, th- well, yes, we should do that. But also, I think we should have uh, that covered it community shield on a on a big Premier League weekend. Oh, fair. Or, Maybe or... the final day. Maybe the final day. Or an international break. Because no. there's, there's something to do on that weekend then. Otherwise, you're just sitting you at home, Shani, texting, being like, I hate international breaks. So, any, uh, any of you have any uh, contacts at Adair? I think they'd have us for two days. That'd be 24 lovely. lads. I can I can make a call, JP. You know, figure it out. Um, I can play it at the Jameson links. Shout out to, yeah. on, on the, in case, in case he happens to listen, um, and that I've said it there now, shout out to Gary Conroy. Who is top of the covered it fancy Premier League? Oh, uh, he's on he yeah, Kloppenheimer. He's on 527 points. And the reason why I also want to bring this up um is that there was a quote at the weekend um from someone in particular, um, rhymes with Natrick Lanahan, um, who said that where are you sitting in the Shani? Shani is th- well, Shani's team is 13th, um, his wife's team is ninth. But Chani thinks that he should be um, scouted for for how good he is at fantasy football. Um, but Chani, you're getting beat hard here by not only Gary Conroy, but oh no, never mind. You're now no, beating he overtook again. me. Okay, only by three points though. Yeah, you three points. 
But uh, there was a quote where Shani said that he should have been scouted for his opinion on fancy football. Um, but Shani got no to catch on that. You got to catch up to Gary here. He's got you by, oof, got you by twenty nine points. Is it? It's thirty eight games, and there's only eight gone. So, Shani, you know what I am? Um, it's true because I am the admin of the league. I, I today when I was looking at who was leading, I saw that there's a button for me to eject any person I want. Oh my god! If you eject so... me, I kill you. If okay. Kate if Kate's team gets too far ahead, she's getting ejected. Um, lads, just some a good idea to finish this week. Um, because we've talked a lot of crap, we might as well just finish with some more crap. But um, uh, Airtel announced that Teletext, or I don't know, Teletext my... has basically been discontinued. Oh yeah, this week that was my next um, note. Was it? So let's finish on that. Like Teletext is over. It's gone. Any of you have any childhood memories of Teletext or any funny stories? It, it's Sad just the, it, it was the, it was the repeating of like just going back on. Keep, you keep checking it, you know, like to just to see if a score had changed. If it was like a big match, you just keep going back on to see if the result had changed in the sport. Like stay on that. So like that is actually amazing that like we used to look at the telly and refresh it or whatever for scores in a football match at three o'clock on a Saturday. Yeah, it's which is it's quite funny though because when I, I was thinking about that the other day. When someone, I think, I think someone had said this already to me in passing, and I thought about we kind of still do it where there's times where if I'm not watching a match and if I can't get a result, I'll be there like refreshing Twitter. On your app, in, yeah. I'll put in, you know, whatever yeah. B or whatever or whatever game I'm trying to follow, and just keep refreshing the tweets and hoping yeah. someone tweets full time or full time. It's kind of I the do, same where you're loading just to see. I would really like to see the stats of how many times Airtel was used this year. Yeah, like I, I for me, I would have presumed that I was dead about 10 years ago I know like there was someone's job was to update Airtel imagine you went to a party and they're like oh what you do I'm like oh I update the scores at Airtel like, I know what that, <laughs> that thing cannot still be alive yeah like I wish I knew that it was still alive yeah. last week and just looked at it one last time they should have given I, us I notice how would you even find it I, I like don't even smart know TV, I, I couldn't I don't tell you can. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah do you need an old TV to do it I'd say so was one man in County Mayo probably who's like, oh, those fuckers turning off Airtel. Don't How am I meant to know what the big big movie is on a Saturday night? If I can't see <laughs> yeah, do you remember right? they had like, uh, didn't they have like competitions and stuff that you could you could enter? Do you know, like, um, oh, listen, sad times. I wonder, did other countries have that? It feels like such an Irish thing. Mm. Anyway, I think that's enough crap. Wait, there's there's a few more points here. Um, so Matt Fitz obviously won this weekend. Um, in the since August twentieth, he was second at the BMW. He was top ten at the Tour Championship. He just won in St Andrews with his mom. He won the Ryder Cup, got his first point. He earned four million dollars on tour, and he got engaged. It's busy. It's a busy month. Busy six weeks. It's all. Let's go, Matt. Yeah, it's all coming up, Matt. And I imagine as well, and he's the least or he's the worst of the two brothers at golf. So yeah, amazing. You know, justice for Alex. Make the most of us. Being in the right team. Yeah. Also, Shani, I thought you would have picked up on this. Uh, Lexi Thompson is playing in this week's Shriners Children's oh, yeah. Open or something. Um, you can get her at a cool 2,500 to 1 to win. Wow. I would um, love it if she won. And Peter Malnati called it a gimmick. But he did, yeah. Isn't that he something... surely opened himself up there to a lot of abuse? Well, no, I, I did, no, didn't. He, he kind of didn't. He kind of retracted, and it was part of a. He, a I think a... he said it by accident. He basically said like, 
I don't know if the tour needs to resort to these sort of gimmicks. And he's like, no, a gimmick is harsh. I don't mean gimmick. I just mean, why is the PGA tour not exciting enough that we need to invite people who aren't on the tour sort of thing? The only thing I would say about that is like, I was surprised that it wasn't like Nelly instead of, Mm. you know, Nelly's a baller. I'm also like, so, you know, the odd time we have a mixed event, like the the Scandinavian event yeah, on the yeah, GP World Tour. Yeah, yeah. So Lexi Thompson's going to be playing off the men's tees, obviously. Yeah. Like, why don't we just have an event? It, it, like, if it's not a gimmick and you really think Lexi Thompson is going to come down and win, like she's an incredible golfer, why don't we just have an event where we play men and women off the same tees? Like, why do open, open, open? I just think, why do it to one woman in one event? Well, yeah, like, all, all the spotlights on her, all the pressures on her now. Like, if she comes dead last, yeah. everyone's gonna be like, "Oh, if you did a half and half field, you're guaranteed a woman is all the women aren't going to be dead last on it." So then you can be like, "Okay, yeah, look, a woman can beat a man if they play off the same tees." Yeah, I, I just think it's. Yeah. I just think it's strange. Yeah, I agree. Like, if you're gonna put one in the field, put five, five. of them in it. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I also think it's like have that event where it's done that way, where you have half of them that are women, half are men, as opposed to just giving up one spot that could have gone to someone on the corn fair or someone who's just fighting for the card, etc. Like all the conversation we just mm. had there. But um, yeah, like, exactly. Like the Scandinavian Open that they do every year in the, in the European Tour and stuff. So why not do that? But I do hope Lexi absolutely romps it. Imagine. Me too. Oh, that would be great. And and she has to chip up up and down to win it, and she has the chipping yips, and she does the chip on eighteen. And then she gets asked about the shank, and she just throws a tantrum. And then she throws a tantrum and doesn't tell anyone why because it was just a difficult shot. Any golf this week, lads? Just finishing off. Um, haven't swung a club in a while now. Um, I reckon I'll play Saturday morning with a triangular sandwich in my bag. I'm yeah. I'm going on a tour of bendy straw factories in um, Hoffenheim, so I can't. I can't play golf. But when, when the clocks really go back soon, you've only got two weeks, I'd say. To yeah, I I don't think I get the scratch in this calendar year, unfortunately, or any calendar. Year. <laughs> Thanks, Scott. <laughs> All right, lads. Well, look, enjoy later, it. Enjoy, enjoy the World Cup. Um, and we'll chat to you soon. Leave it your long day. You turn curve. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. Then. Yeah. I don't know how.